So my buddy Jerry, he shot a wiener with his big ass gun. So I figured I'd make a corny video and I'd shoot something with my big ass gun. And like I said, corny video. with Matt Mallory and Clint Necro. Brought to you by Public Safety and Education and the Trigger Pressers Union. And now, your hosts. Welcome to Meet the Pressers. My name is Clint Macro, and this is my esteemed colleague and co-host, Matthew Mallory. Meet the Pressers is a safe place for like-minded individuals who are liberty-minded, who want to talk about training, guns, gear, gadgets, political activism, religion, and all kinds of other things. And today we have a very special guest. Nikki Gozer, active in the DC Project, lead in Tennessee, published author, and uh, not a supporter of gun-free zones. I, uh, I imagine that that's uh, partly tied to because of uh, what happened with Ben. So we definitely want to hear about that situation and, and the backing behind that and why you're so pro uh, self-defense and 2A. Nikki, welcome. Thanks for having me on, guys. This episode is brought to you by Mountain Man Medical. The right medical training and gear should be accessible to every American. Mantis. Mantis X helps shooters suck less. Meet the Pressers is sponsored by Next Level Training, Saber Red, Cutting Edge Bullets, the USCCA, ASP, Common Sense Self-Defense, and T1 Ammunition. Meet the Pressers is also generously supported by other fine companies, ranges, and our Patreon members. Thank you. Because of COVID and, and a lot of things being canceled, uh, what's what's your life as a as a activist? How's it been recently? How's this COVID uh, affected your your stage time and your your uh, opportunities to spread the gospel of liberty? It's definitely slowed it down, but um, I guess like everybody else, we're we're using Zoom a lot more these days. <laughs> we were cool with Zoom before anybody else was. That's true. We were. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about the uh, the political aspect of it. I'm assuming because of your stance um, and being on Fox News and all that, that that kind of delved into you with meeting up with Diana Muller and the whole DC project and stuff, I would imagine. Uh, yeah, I mean, Diana and I have been friends for years now. And awesome. um, they're, they're a wonderful group of ladies. Um, there's, you know, a lady, at least one lady from each state mm -hmm. in the nation um, that goes to members of Congress and talks about the importance of our Second Amendment, um, our basic human right of self-defense, and to truly put, you know, a different face on, on gun rights. You know, so often people think 
gun rights are like a very manly, manly thing. And it's all guys and it's mostly older white guys. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with older white guys. We just <laughs> want to know that there are a lot of women in this nation that firmly believe they need to be able to protect themselves and their loved ones. And we just try to educate uh, lawmakers of why our second amendment is so important because we are at a huge disadvantage physically. I mean, let's face it in general, women are just not as physically strong as men and we are at a disadvantage. It's a disparity. Yeah. And that gun is a great equalizer. It puts us on equal footing with someone who, you know, would try to harm us. It at least gives you a fighting chance. Very true. So speaking of that, why is it so dear to your heart? I mean, I mentioned Ben a bit ago. Um, that obviously was your driving force. Were you really pro 2A before that? I mean, you had a firearm that night. You didn't take it in with you to the restaurant because of the laws of Tennessee, which you're you're hugely behind getting those laws changed, correct? Right. Yeah. Um, back in 2009, my husband Ben was murdered right in front of me by a man who was stalking me. And because of Tennessee state law at that time, I had to leave my legal permitted firearm that I normally carried for self-defense locked inside my vehicle. I obeyed the law. Of course, the man that was stalking me did not have a permit to carry. He brought a gun in illegally into a restaurant that was a gun-free zone. And when I asked management to please remove him because I realized I was being stalked, um, when they went to confront him, he pulled a 45 from a shoulder holster under his jacket mm. and pulled the gun, held it up to Ben, shot my husband in the head. And then of course, Ben fell to the ground and he stood over Ben and continued to fire six more rounds into him in front of a busy restaurant in front of everyone. And I'll probably wonder for the rest of my life if I could have prevented that. Of course, I'll never know because I was denied a chance. I was stalked and defenseless, but yeah. You know, I tell people, of course, as a victim of this type of horrific crime, you you do that shoulda, coulda, woulda mm -hmm. thing in your mind. And I did that for a long time. And finally, I just decided, you know what, this is not healthy for me. I mean, yeah, I could have saved him. Um, there's not a 100% guarantee that I could have, but I had had quite a bit of training, more training than your average permit holder. And um, I've just learned not to do that to myself anymore, but just try to educate others and uh, make sure that they at least have the means to protect themselves and educate people about why gun-free zones are so dangerous because bad guys don't care about the law. I think gun-free zones are actually, um, they encourage really evil people to do really evil things knowing that no one there can stop them you see that across the country in schools right yeah absolutely and let me tell you when it's happening to yourself or your loved one uh it, it seems like an eternity before the police get there I, i'm a huge supporter of the of the police um, i think they have a very difficult job I was told that the police arrived within three minutes of the 911 call. That is incredibly fast. That's almost unheard of. Um, That's they well below the average for sure. Yeah. Yeah. They, the police just happened to be right down the street at, at an apartment complex, I believe on a call. 
uh, when they got the call in at the restaurant about shots fired. And, um, but it seemed like forever um, before they got there. So, you know, nobody thinks this sort of thing can ever really happen to them. I think most people think, oh, that, you know, that happens to other people. That happens to people I see on the news. Well, it can happen to you and you can end up being one of those people on the news. I think that's, uh, that's pretty profound in that sense where it can happen any place for any reason, no reason at all. And people have to understand that it's a lot like uh, putting a seatbelt on. You don't put your seatbelt on while you're getting in a car accident, right? You put it on before because you don't know if there's going to be a car accident. Same thing. Got to have the knowledge, got to have your neural pathways ready. So that way, when something happens, you're prepared for it and you're not figuring out it as it goes. You can't do that. There's no time. Well, well, the true tragedy here is is this was a situation where the laws restricted her ability to even do that. Yep. And and that's that's something that needs to be fixed. Uh, you know, with National Train of Teacher Day, we we talk at a at great depth about how the gun free zone is a petri dish for evil. And you know, take any average run of the mill garden variety criminal, whatever that is, if there is such a thing, they're going to choose that place where they can get the the easiest prey where they get the least amount of fight. And that's what you have in a gun-free zone. And, and I think the gun-free zones are a diabolical thing because as you said very correctly, uh, the only people that abide by them are the law-abiding citizens. I worked with the sponsor of the restaurant carry bill and um, he's actually a Democrat, very pro-gun Democrat, um, Senator Doug Jackson. And um, he had me come to the Capitol and he told my story on this, on the Senate floor. And he actually read the last love letter that Ben had given me wow. on the floor and, um, had me stand and they ended up voting and, and it, it passed. And, uh, the law was ultimately changed so that in the state of Tennessee now, as long as you've got your handgun carry permit, mm-hmm. um, you can now carry in any restaurant, um, even if they serve alcohol. Uh, however, you're not allowed to drink any alcohol. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, private businesses are still allowed to post a no guns allowed sign, which, you know, that's fine. Private property rights, but at least it's no longer state law. Right. At least it's no longer mandated by the state. But so if somebody's in there with a gun and the um and there's a sign on the door that doesn't make it illegal, it's just their that's their wishes, but there's no law behind it. That's just like in New York. Like a criminal trespass kind of thing if if you don't leave, leave, right? Yeah. Yeah. In Tennessee, uh as long as you got your permit right now, you can carry open or concealed. And you know, I don't have anything against open carry, but I just personally choose to conceal. I don't totally. I don't need people to see it. I don't want people to see it. Sure. Why tell the bad guy where it's at? Why give them another, another, another chance to get it from you? Yep. That's just my personal preference. No, that's good. That's what I tell people too. I'm not opposed to open carry, but I don't open carry unless I'm on the job. (laughs) So I'm, I'm around strangers with guns every day. That's what I do for a living with training and, and, if I'm in a public space and I see someone with a gun strapped on their side, that's open, I, still get between that guy and my child and I'm totally pro gun. So what does that do to the person that's, you know, uh, yeah. maybe a little bit anti-gun or, or indifferent, right? Where 
that kind of sends them towards the dark side, perhaps, when it comes to liberty. So with DC Project, were you involved with DC Project or, or pro-liberty activism prior to this event, or was that the beginning of it? No, you know, I, um, of course, I supported gun rights, mm -hmm. and I had my handgun carry permit. I had taken several training courses. I was actually a firearms uh, range volunteer at the time. I used to volunteer at the range, um, but I never got involved politically. I never spoke out, you know, publicly. You know, I was just, just a little lady living her average life, happy, you know, happily married. And, and then this happened and it changed everything. And it made me realize I have to do something. I have to say something. So many victims of violent crime where a gun is used. And I, I don't like using that word uh, gun crime. I mean, crime is crime. Right, very true. Um, it doesn't matter what object is used. You know, mm -hmm. if your loved one is dead, they're dead. Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, you know, I just, so many victims turn anti-gun and, and they, they go to the other side and say guns are bad, guns are awful, a gun was used to, to harm my loved one. And, you know, I understand that um, there comes a huge responsibility with gun ownership. And uh, I, I never blamed the gun. I blamed the murderer and those who legislated me out of my right to protect myself and my husband. Um, but I, I don't have any negative feelings about guns. I think guns are used every single day to save innocent lives. We just don't see it in the media. The media mm -hmm. has an agenda and uh, they don't show real life stories that happen every single day where good people protect themselves and their loved ones and others from harm using a gun. Yep. Yeah, guns yeah. are an inanimate object. They're a, they're a tool, unfortunately, like a lot of our politicians. I love yeah, that saying. <laughs> I love yeah, saying. I mean, uh, the, the data is there and, and, you know, even with the CDC data that was, that was kind of hidden for so many years, there are so many instances where good law-abiding Americans avoid being attacked just because they have the firearm. They don't even necessarily even have to press the trigger on it, uh, just having it. And that's, that's the information people don't see. All they hear is about the negative, horrible things that happen, not all of the good things where guns are used for proper righteous defense to defend you know, themselves and family. Right, I'm actually the executive director for the Crime Prevention Research Center, and we try to post those stories on our website yeah, so that great. people can see justifiable use of force. These stories do exist. And um, if anybody's interested, you can check out our website, crimeresearch.org. That's awesome. Any other ways people can reach out to you, learn more about you, support your causes, other websites? Um, well, I wrote a book about my experience and um it's called stalked and defenseless i have a copy of it here you can see it it's available on um amazon okay. and at barnes and noble and um my website is stalkedanddefenseless.com of course you can reach me through uh the crime prevention research center but you know i'm just trying to do what i can i'm just a little lady out here trying to educate people about the importance of our gun rights, but also 
I'm an advocate for victims because I understand that, you know, our, our criminal justice system, I tell people it's just a system because I don't think there's a whole lot of justice to it. Um, yeah. I've dealt with a lot yeah. through the years and um, I'm trying to do what I can to, to also help victims of violent crimes because it's been very difficult what I've gone through and I know others need help as well. Well, we, we certainly appreciate the work that you're doing and the work that your organization is doing as well. Sure. And, and, and DC Project, I mean, it's, it's great to see people getting involved and helping to push that, that narrative of personal liberty. And uh, I just want to say thank you for, for all the work you've done. Well, thank you. I try. <laughs> we look forward to seeing you out there at all the shows and hanging out. All right. Thank you guys so much for having me on. No oh, problem. Thank you for coming on. Stay safe. Stay healthy. All right. You guys take care. Me too. My name is Kim Stolfer. I'm president of Firearms Owners Against Crime. I'm out here exercising my Second Amendment rights, as I've done for the last 65 years. The right to bear arms is a civil right, not meant for negotiation, as some politicians would have you believe. So if you believe in the Second Amendment, you believe in individual liberties, please get involved now. Make sure your friends are registered to vote. Because on November 4th, if we don't do what we need to do, we're all going to pay the price. Meet the Pressers. Robin Sandoval, how are you, ma'am? I am great. Thank you for having me. We're glad to have you. So DC Project? I'm in Texas. I'm the Texas representative for the DC Project. I've been with the DC Project now for four years, five years. I've been to DC several times to meet with, with people up on the hill, and it's a really great program that's very close to my heart. I'm the executive director of a Girl and a Gun Women's Shooting League. Mm. We have chapters all over the country. So when Diana Moeller had this brainstorm idea to bring women to, to DC to represent their states, she reached out to me to see, and, and uh, my partner, Juliana, she reached out to a Girl and a Gun, and she asked us if we knew women nationwide, because that's what we do. So we helped her um, get the message out, and we found women from all 50 states to come and join us in DC. So we've been at this from the beginning. That's awesome. So now how does, um, how does Girl in a Gun differ from some of the other national women's organizations that are out there? Um, we've had uh, some of the other organizations on the show and, and just try to, to separate them or to be able to delineate between the two of them. How, how do you differ? Well, on the ground in all the organizations, there's great women doing great work to train women and to provide training for especially all the new shooters that are coming into the community right now. Awesome. At a Girl in a Gun specifically, we operate on all platforms. So we teach pistol, rifle, shotgun, and we teach all forms of shooting, whether it's competition, whether it's self-defense, whether it's recreation. Like I, you know, right now I'm headed to host a clays tournament. So um, clays is just good, clean fun that we can come out and break some clay targets. So whether you want to learn self-defense or whether you want to learn um, competition, we do a lot of three gun and IDPA and US, USPSA. So pretty much a little bit of everything. It's awesome. So you get a really good breadth of, uh, of different types of, of people and, you, and your reach could be a lot further now because you're not just talking defensive or just handgun, you're talking everything. What we, we found is that a lot of women will come to us for that defensive interaction. They want that initiation into being their own first responder. Mm -hmm. But then when we show them how fun shooting can be and we get them set up with you know, come to an IDPA match, come to a three gun match, learn how to run your gun, learn your gear. And it just becomes more of a family lifestyle. It becomes more, um, they just become entrenched in it more long term. 
And that's really our member roadmap. And what makes us a little different is we love shooting. Um, you know, obviously the defensive aspect is really important to us. That's ultimately at the end of the day to protect our families. But when you can have fun at the range too, and go out with the girls or go out with your family and, and shoot for fun or shoot for sport, that's what really um, makes our community of, of Second Amendment supporters so amazing. Oh, absolutely. I mean, shooting teaches us discipline. I mean, there's so many positive attributes to becoming a shooter, especially in a competitive environment, especially from a young person's standpoint. But you're absolutely right. Having that, having that woohoo, this is fun kind of moment at the end of the day is very important. You know, we lose track of the or lose sight of the fact that just shooting is just a heck of a lot of fun. Definitely. That's right. And for our junior shooters, we have a lot of junior competitors. And, you know, I always tell people that my son, when he plays football, it's much more dangerous than when he's at the range. So uh, cheerleading football are crazy dangerous. And so for a family sport, three gun is, is a lot of fun. And we have a lot of juniors come out to this Clays event. Shotgun sports are a great way to introduce young shooters. And there's so many um, college scholarships available, um, different activities they can do for team building. And like you said, just creating really great responsible kids. Um, the junior shooters that we have in our organization are just the best kids you'd ever want to meet. They have do great in school. They're sociable. They're friendly. They're polite. They're just really, really amazing kids. Well, my background is a little different because I was strongly anti-gun for most of my life. Um, I did not believe in gun ownership. I was a huge advocate for gun control. And it wasn't until I watched the aftermath of Hurricane Katrina, I was sitting on my couch watching the news, and I saw this woman at the Superdome, so much death and destruction, uh, devastation, and people were desperate. And I saw a mother hand her two small children to strangers getting on a bus to Houston. And she said, please take them. I'll try to find you in a few days. And my heart broke for her. And I literally turned to my husband with tears in my eyes. And I said, what do I have to do so that that's never me? So that we can stay as a family, we can hunker down. I said, I'm going to start storing peanut butter and tuna fish and water. And we're just going to hunker down and be together. And he said, that's fine. But look at how desperate people are. And you don't think someone's going to be desperate and kicking our door for our peanut butter and tuna fish. What are we going to do to protect our kids? What are we going to do to provide for them? And after arguing for gun control my entire life, I found myself with no argument. And so um, at the time, Juliana Crowder was starting a girl in a gun. She was a firearms instructor in Austin. And um, I went and met with her and I went to a girl's night out. I didn't know anything. I uh, didn't know anything about guns. I didn't know any of these women. I didn't know anything about being at a gun range. And I learned all of the et etiquette, all of the tools, all of the empowerment, and it changed my life. And she and I partnered up. And now that girl's night out at the range happens at over 200 ranges across the country. And we're able to welcome women in and have these important conversations because changing someone's heart and mind about firearms doesn't happen at the range. It happens at the dinner table. It happens in conversation. And that's really where a girl and a gun changes hearts and minds and where I can do really great work through the DC project to share my story. That's, just, that's awesome. You know, the, uh, we do a thing called dinner and a shooting date where you can go out. My wife and I had gone to, to dinner and a movie a lot. And then eventually we're like, well, why don't we go to the range? One time we did it. We're like, why don't we do this more often? They're like, why don't we make it? class out of it so people come out do dinner and then we go out to the range and they get some uh, instruction and that's a good way for husbands and wives to do something together in that sense and you know it builds that relationship 
one thing you said made me uh, as interesting as far as it being really intimidating. You know, you didn't know these women, you didn't know this event, you didn't know anything about guns. And I see that a lot with women that they're intimidated about getting into that because it is a man's world, if you will. So to have women out there that are teaching it and women are out there that can be a little bit more, uh, it might be less intimidating for somebody to go, go to a woman's course. So I put my wig on and I, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, I'm sure that's completely unintimidating. No. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm very not intimidating. My resume make, makes people think I am, but then once I get them to laugh and they realize, oh, wait, I'm supposed to laugh at that. That was a joke. Wow, this isn't as bad as I thought. So, without yeah, do you the, no do way. The, do you do the dad jokes at the range? Nobody outranks Captain Safety. <laughs> <laughs> when you had said earlier that you were really anti-gun, it made me it made me think how important it is for somebody like you to specifically be doing what you're doing now because you can talk that talk you you know all the talking points you know what your reasoning was in your mind and your soul to be anti-gun and now you're pro-gun so that way when you go up to somebody who's anti-gun you know they're going to say one thing and you're like yeah well i thought that same way but what about this logic and you can kind of steer that car Yes, one of the things I do, I'll give everybody a little tip right now. My favorite technique is to use the feel, felt, found method. It works every time. I know how you feel. I felt the same way. Or I know this woman who felt the same way. But what I found was uh, her life was changed when she learned about firearms. So using that method, it validates what they're feeling. Mm -hmm. It lets them know that, that uh, what they're feeling is widely perceived, but also can be changed. So it's not argumentative. It's a really great technique that I've used <laughs> thousands of times. Um, I know how you feel. I know that guns can be scary when you don't know about them. I know women have felt the same way. But what I found is when you learn about them and then you're not afraid of them and you actually feel empowered by them and then end with an invitation. Why don't you come out to the range with me? Why don't you nice. join my class? Why don't you join a girl in a gun? And that's literally how you change hearts and minds validating their feelings letting them know that they can change their mind and you're not going to think ill of them either way it's planting those seeds and it works every time so what do you what do you do for uh, spare time you, you said you had children do you have any other other hobbies that revolve around gun <laughs> guns like clint and i always do what is spare time who has spare time touche um, touche no i'm i'm the luckiest person in the world that i get to have this amazing job where i get to go and run a clays tournament and and shoot clay targets um that's um we're planning for our three gun match that's coming up in october in september i'm hosting a law enforcement training for women which is always really fun to to give back to those officers nice. so um work is work is fun and play is fun and it's all it's all part of it your husband, is he, was he pro-gun or anti-gun prior to your switch? How, how did that? He's always been pro-gun. He, he would go shooting at the range. You know, we're, we're in Texas, so he would go shooting at the range with friends. But I was always adamant that I didn't want guns in our home. I wanted my home to be a gun-free zone. And it wasn't until that moment when I realized that I can have a gun-free zone until that moment someone else kicks in my door with a firearm. And that's something I couldn't control. So the thing I could control is making sure I was prepared and I had the tools and knowledge I needed if that moment ever came. Amen. Amen. Jinx. <laughs> you owe me a soda. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm sorry, what'd you say? We both said amen at exactly the same time. And then I said <laughs> jinx and he said, I owe him a soda. <laughs> it's true truer words and you know you just live the mission and and i'm so grateful that women come to me for advice i even have people who are anti-gun themselves and they say i don't want a gun in my home 
but I'm not ignorant to the fact that my kids might go to a place where there's a gun and I want them to be not have knowledge of what to do, or I want to be able to talk to my kids about guns. And so we do a lot of clinics in that way too. Um, and I appreciate that. And I, I love that, you know, you can't go from being anti-gun to carrying hot in the trigger in one day. It's a journey of what, what, what am I willing to learn? First, it's about mindset. Mm-hmm. I'm willing to be my own first responder. Then it might be, okay, what tools do I have to respond with? Okay, maybe one of those tools might be a firearm. Okay, how do I learn about it? It's just recognizing someone's journey and giving them that support along the way. And we always get them there eventually. Once you open your eyes to, um, to the knowledge, then you have to really seize the opportunities for training so that you know what you don't know. Yeah. Very true. Yeah. Don't, don't know what you don't know. We'll leave it at that. That's right. <laughs> All right. Well, ha- happy trails, ma'am. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Thank you, guys. Yeah, thanks for coming on the show. Be the first kid on your block to have your official issue Meet the Pressers logoed gear. Visit the Meet the Pressers merchandise page on BallisticInc.com to get your high-quality, American-made Meet the Pressers shirts and hats. There's a lot of sponsors that make this show possible, like Mantis. Make sure you check them out and give them your business. This episode is brought to you by Mountain Man Medical. The right medical training and gear should be accessible to every American. Mantis. Mantis X helps shooters suck less. Meet the Pressers is sponsored by Next Level Training, Saber Red, Cutting Edge Bullets, the USCCA, ASP, Common Sense Self-Defense, and T1 Ammunition. Meet the Pressers is also generously supported by other fine companies, ranges, and our Patreon members. Thank you. Thanks for watching the show. Make sure to like, comment, subscribe, share, click the little bell, come on Patreon, help support us that way, come to one of our classes, or host us, we can come to you and do one of our courses at your location. So until next time, adieu. Thank you for watching Meet the Pressers. 